Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined in studio by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, in person. It's so nice. It's I, I, I got to be honest. I, I, Why haven't I had, you been doing this all season? I had to I think remind myself <laughs> how to get in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, not going to touch that. Um, okay, so we've got a very special edition of uh, Locked On Hornets. It's... An addition we're calling uh, the bench wrenches. Mm. What's a bench? Explain. Yeah, what's Explain. a bench wrench? Okay, it happens to every team in every season. You spend all night game planning for a team's best players, their best and their brightest. But then when the ball tips, everything changes. A player gets on a hot streak. A coach gives a guy a little bit more run, and all of a sudden, you've got a wrench thrown into your whole game plan. A bench wrench, if you will. A guy who had no business scoring 18 or hitting that game-winning three, it's a bench wrench. You like this? The Hornets saw no, their— No, I don't. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> well, no one likes it. Yeah, <laughs> fans don't like it. Uh, of course, if, if it's your team, you like it. Um, so I've compiled the top three bench wrenches that the Hornets played against this season. Let's marvel at these players who decided on one night to become superstars. Number three— Jordan Crawford of the New Orleans Pelicans, March 7th. He signs a 10-day contract with the team. Fast forward all the way to March 11th, four days later, and he gives the Pelicans 19 points, six assists on 7 of 12 shooting in 27 minutes to help them secure an overtime victory over the Hornets. That's just rude. Bench wrench. David, this was a tough one. Yeah, you know what? stands out to me about Jordan Crawford uh, on this list is he is the quintessential guy I think when you're playing a team and he just goes off you're like why don't we have a guy like that and that was kind of the thing the Hornets were missing missing a bench wrench at, at times right like a guy that could just get hot and and win a game for you and I know every team thinks that it always happens to them because it feels like you know every time you're like this guy is going to go out and beat us but did the Hornets have a special knack for that you think I don't know. I, I think they, they used to have a special knack for getting uh, annihilated by sort of revenge games of players yeah. that they had discarded. Yeah. That didn't happen so much this season, but they did have a few bench wrenches. Let's go to number two on the list. And uh, number two had a serious case for number one, David. I yeah. almost put this guy number one. Uh, he's my number one. <laughs> Spurs rookie Davis Bertans, don't call him Davis, in the first matchup before Thanksgiving on national television – he had an absolute coming out party, going four for four for 11 points, knocking down three three-pointers, including a sequence in the middle of the fourth quarter where he knocked down a three to tie the game. Then he blocked Spencer Hawes. Then he dunked on the other end to give the Spurs a two-point lead. The Spurs would go on to win a tight one on ESPN. But he wasn't done, David. He put on an encore performance on January 7th, scoring 21 points in 18 minutes, including a vicious one-handed yam over Roy Hibbert. Son of a bench wrench. 
Yeah, five of six in the game, four for five from three in that game. and Only missed one shot all season against the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> and one free throw. And we were watching the Spurs uh, in, I think, game two or something of the playoffs and watching my dad. I was like, who is that guy? And I was like... I know that I remember that guy. Davis like, I think, Berton. I think I'd bared it though. I was like, ah, who is Rookie. that guy? And as we watched and watched, and I actually saw him make a quick move out on the perimeter. I was like, I'm pretty sure he went off against the Hornets at least once uh this season. But that game in San Antonio, he went he went berserk. The Spurs specialize in bench wrenches. They do. They collect them. They do. They have a wrench. We, we, set. we once signed, or yeah, the Hornets. Gary Neal, I feel, I feel like was a was, bench wrench. Was a total bench wrench. Yeah, spent some time in Charlotte. Again, we need to define what a bench wrench is. It's a guy that comes off the bench, but you you didn't game plan for him. Mm-hmm. You couldn't possibly game plan for him. And I think definitely Davis uh, Bertans only played. I think I only averaged like nine minutes before that first game, so was not a guy you would game plan for. Season high, 21 points against the Hornets. Amazing. Yep. All right, finally, the number one bench wrench the Hornets faced this season. Certainly the biggest. Detroit Pistons deep reserve center and super mutant Boban Marjanovic. Let's go back to January 5th, right before that Bertans-Spurs game. Uh, this game will be remembered, David, for Marco Bellinelli, his almost last-second uh, amazing, not-quite-buzzer-beater yep. off the back of a Pistons player. But I'll remember it as the Boban bench wrench special. 15 points, 19 rebounds for Boban in 22 minutes of play. Up to that point in the season, he had only played 76 minutes total. Holy mother of bench wrench. Doug, 15... 50- <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. 15 <laughs> points on three of four shooting from the field. Uh, he hit nine of 11 free throws and those 15 rebounds. I mean, the man's hands. Now, if you've seen pictures on the internet, I know you go on the internet and you've seen pictures I've there. I've been a few times, yeah. The hands are, are like you said, uh, mutant-like, right? I yep. mean, they're huge. He's, what, 7'3"? Uh, and there was just was who did we have? Who did the Hornets have in their plans? If I feel like they were shorthanded at center in this game, is that a safe bet to say? I think so. But he, you know, he played well in the first yeah. half as well. Yeah, Boban's hands are big. I think the like the iPhone Seven Plus would be equivalent to a Nano in my hand. Like I mean, he makes it nano. like a gallon of milk, like a Coke can. Right. So, all right. Well, Boban, the, the number one bench wrench. There were a few others. You know Tony, where he came from. You know where he came from. Prior to D- Detroit. I know. The Spurs. That's, they, that's what Did Jordan Crawford, bre- has he played for the Spurs? They breed them in a laboratory. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are our top three bench wrenches. Several guys get honorable mention, like Tony Snell. I didn't put Tony in because I think he was starting uh, in the game where he blew up against the Hornets. Yeah. Uh, but there are a couple of other guys that really kind of snuck up on the Hornets. And what do you do about it? I mean, how, how can you – that's the thing about the bench wrenches is, like, what what can you say? Well, I think uh, speaking of the Hornets, Marco probably had a couple bench wrench, one or two bench wrench games for the Hornets. Yeah, but you, you kind back. of, ex- again, I, I think he's a guy that you, because I struggle with this too, because I was going to put Jeremy Lamb. The only thing I'll say about Jeremy Lamb is he had a couple of, uh, the one rebounding performance that he had against New York, I believe he had 18 rebounds. Yeah. Like he may not he may not be a bench wrench because teams knew about Jeremy Lamb. They weren't going to go completely unprepared to deal with what Jeremy Lamb gave the Hornets, but no one was expecting him to get eighteen rebounds. So that was a bench wrenchian 
Yeah, you would, you would have needed like a Briante Weber to go off or uh, you know, Johnny O'Brien had a couple of nice minutes, but yeah, nothing. That, okay. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Johnny O'Brien, <clears throat> his performance against the Denver Nuggets, it mm-hmm. was key. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, that's a perfect example a because one. they would uh, – let's see if we can pull the stats up on that one. But I, he had 15 points, I know that. Uh, but just some key – and he had key defense against um, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. So again, that's not that's not going to show up on the box score, uh, but he helped shut down and really frustrate what Jokic wanted to do. Got him into some foul trouble, and uh, that that was that was key for the Hornets. So yeah, okay, we'll we'll put Johnny O'Brien as a a bench wrench for the Charlotte Hornets, and they certainly hope uh, he can replicate some of that next season. Maybe make the team and turn into a bench wrench. Last season it was easy, David. It was um, it was clearly our man Troy Daniels. Oh. Yeah, for sure. He was the ultimate bench rate. Yeah, Johnny O'Brien, 15 points on 7 of 9 shooting in 15 minutes in that game. So that's there you go. And bench wrenches ideally can win you two or three games a season. And that's that's strange to think about because two or three games in the in the Eastern Conference could make the difference between, you know, an 8th seed or a or a 5th seed. So let me ask you this, would you consider you know, <clears throat> a bench wrench in the playoff the same Type because I don't see bench wrenches really playing in the playoffs. Never by your definition, no, okay. never. Yeah, 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 exactly. Unless that here's the one thing about the playoffs. So sometimes coaches they see a wrinkle or, or they see something, like, and a uh, guy, like a Troy Daniels, really, yeah, like <laughs> a guy, Houston, yeah, exactly. A guy ends up playing minutes that that he didn't play in the regular season uh, because of one thing or another. Obviously, injuries uh, play a factor in that as well. But yeah, you're mostly going to see a bench wrench in the regular season when it when you're a little bit more free because again van gundy never played boban and, to, and he probably only did it because he saw the hornets and went <laughs> that's a crime that's that he didn't even play like the next game they played i, I don't know. even think he played exactly and, and again <laughs> the, but but i'm sure van gundy scouting the hornets said look this team is a little vulnerable inside if i throw some size their way we'll see how they deal with it which was funny. the hornets did not deal with exactly, it exactly because <laughs> We were going scouting that game after the the first one. It was like, well, and you got to account for Boban a little bit, and, and he didn't even play. A bench wrench. Here's how I'll sum up a bench wrench. It's a guy that comes off the bench. You you really don't have much of an idea who he is, but by the end of the game, he's making you say, "Just wonderful." Yes. Wow. Good. Fantastic. Okay. Great. Boban. Fifteen points. <laughs> Nineteen rebounds. Amazing. So there you go. All right. Those are the top three. Bench wrenches. If you have a suggestion of who you think the Hornets bench wrench was this season, or maybe uh, one that you remember from this season, let us know. Twitter.com forward slash locked on Hornets. Okay, David, we are continuing our recaps of players, coaches, and the general manager for uh, the Charlotte Hornets here this season. And we come now to Brian Roberts, the third point guard on the depth chart, but he got a lot of action for the Charlotte Hornets this season, probably a lot more action than they were comfortable with. Uh, what did you think of Brian Roberts' performance this season? Second trip to Charlotte for Brian Roberts. Yeah, I mean, career averages in Charlotte for Brian, about five and a half points, around two assists, 33% from three, uh, 40% overall shoot. You know what's weird about uh, Roberts, though, is little dip in free throw shooting. I mean, at one time he was the best free throw shooter in the league. Um, and not that it's bad now, but – he has dipped a little bit below uh, that ninety percent range for what the last uh, couple of years here. Yeah, yeah, and shooting years. his shooting in general has dipped, and and you know it's part of what's kept him 
you know, off the court, essentially. I mean, you know, you've got to, you've got to be a shooter in this league, especially off the bench. Yeah. So, but, but the reason that they brought Brian Robertson was because he was going to be a great practice player. You know, when, when they broke up teams for practice, uh, he was going to organize one of those teams. And Steve Clifford talked about that in the off season. You just, they didn't expect he, to have he, to play him. He was break in case of emergency. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, especially at the end of the season, they wanted to play Kimba, you know, 37, 39 minutes a game. So even if Ramon Sessions was hurt, you weren't going to have to deal with a lot of Brian Roberts. Right. But this season, they just, they had to deal with it because Ramon goes down. It was just a tough situation. And the big talk was they stuck with him maybe a little too long before mm-hmm. trying out uh, Briante Weber there. Um but it's hard to fall. I mean, looking back on that, and I think I was screaming for Briante to go in, and 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 several other people were too. I'm sure you guys were probably itching to see anyone out there. I mean, Roberts just struggled. Um, he just the offense struggled. Um, you well, know, he that, had that the same. You know, season. he had the same problem. I think that the Ramon Sessions had, which was neither of them were willing to be aggressive enough, and, and they really asked them to do more than they wanted to. That, you know what I mean? Like, and it's a little like weird we because you're coming off the season where you had Jeremy Lin, who was never afraid to go and make a play happen. Yeah, Ramon, a, a similar player to Jeremy Lin in a lot of respects, which made it even more confusing when he was less aggressive. You didn't necessarily expect that as much from Brian Roberts, but he couldn't get. Although there were games, there were flashes. David, yeah. I mean, if we're being fair, he had a few games. One against Orlando, I remember, where he had, uh, you know, he scored in double digits. I mean, he had some games where he was able uh, to be somewhat of a factor, maybe even a little bit of a bench wrench. Wow, okay. Sometimes, well, like maybe like half a bench wrench, maybe like you, a small bench wrench. I'll tell you what was crazy a was that socket. once the Briante Weber <laughs> once the Briante Weber run was was, you know, over. Yeah. Uh they went, back, they went to back to Brian Roberts. He he played well. Yes. Like he played better when they were really Trying to get that last uh, when they were working on that last ditch effort to get into the playoffs, he he actually was one of the bigger pieces that was playing well. And the question is now: Is there any chance that they continue with Brian Roberts right. moving into the summer? I just don't think so. I just don't see them doing that. I mean, if I'm them, I'm 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 willing to go forward with Briante Weber, assuming it's not a total disaster in summer league. Well, I wonder because of Briante's struggles with running the offense, and you know that Brian can do that, if you try, and maybe Roberts doesn't want to and wants to explore other options with other teams, but maybe you bring him into the summer and, you know, just find out. Find out if maybe those improvements at the end of the season will carry over. Yeah. Um, I mean- or, or, you know, if he pushes – uh, if he pushes Briante to, to become a better player, if you you play those guys off of one another, if you do bring him in, I wouldn't be surprised. Is all I'm saying. No, I mean, <laughs> if it, if they came out of the wire that they signed him to an unguaranteed summer deal, I go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. To yeah, me. I think it was essentially a one year deal for a reason. I mean, it is a, it's a it's a team yeah. option for next year, but I think it was a stopgap for this mm-hmm. year, bringing in two guys that knew the system. Bottom line is they have a hole at the backup point guard position that they have to figure out, and neither Briante or Brian is that solution. Right. Or maybe Sessions too, right? I mean – we're pretty sure it's a team option for <laughs> yeah. Ramon Sessions too. So yeah, it might that might but, not be but, the solution. But Clifford either. said, you know, um, in some of these, it wasn't the exit interview, but 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 during the season, guys, you're not going to play that much because Kimba's really good, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to turn to some of these guys. Thankfully, Cliff uh, Kimba, you know, there were no 
lags or there were no major injuries to Kemba, so he wasn't out that much. But you have to have a viable point guard, a backup point guard in the mm-hmm. NBA. And I just thought that was a big hole for much of the season, for all, for basically all the season. The Hornets did not need Brian Roberts or Ramon Sessions or Briante Weber to be Jeremy Lin this season to be successful. But what they needed was a threat. They needed. They didn't need the production of, that Jeremy Lin gave them because they sort of got a little bit of that with Marco Bellinelli. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't get out of Sessions or Roberts or Briante on the offensive end was a threat. They couldn't draw any attention away on defense and get a little bit more space for uh, for Marco, get a little bit more space for Frank, and it ultimately hurt this team and hurt the bench. And yeah. they couldn't deliver. They really couldn't deliver. You know, like Sessions nor Roberts, whether it's it was just a will or just an ability thing, they really couldn't look around and go, okay, Frank's one for nine. Marco's, he hadn't hit a shot yet. I'm going to take over and, and, and figure no. this thing out on the bench. They couldn't do that. And yeah. and that's when you had those nights when they would get you know, 10, 12 points out of the bench and lose because yeah. of that. And that was the big problem with the bench. It was either giving up a lead or making things worse. And Brian, and that we should say that too. Like Brian Roberts had struggled mightily on the defensive end this season, um, and part of the reason why he got benched in favor of it just it just goes to show you how difficult this season was for Steve Clifford, where you had these two guys in Briante Weber, who uh, Briante amazing on defense, could not organize the offense, and on the other side, Brian Roberts did a fine to job the organizing team. the offense and and could shoot the ball okay near the end of the season could not play defense at all. No, so, no. like, you're in a damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't situation. Um, so, yeah, th- they have to figure something out uh, for next season. Final thoughts? I, I just think it was the biggest hole in this team from day one, uh, in my opinion, and they have got to make changes. Uh, and I think that means probably that Brian Roberts is on his way out again. All right, that'll do it for us here on Locked On Hornets. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. For David, I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for $8 with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are 10 for $10 with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is $0.20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.